Hello and welcome to the Codec Moments podcast. I'm Andy Brown, at Clinical Andy on Twitter. And uh, joining me today is the lovely, oh, I don't know, has this it dip sky blue, who's it not you, Ali Cornwolf. Hello. And uh, Dr. Matthew Holt. Hello. Uh, how are you both? I'm a, l- a little blurry eyed, but yeah, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> so we were, we were on very strict orders that we had to be here at 10pm to start recording because we're going to do it at 10, we have to start bang on at 10, be ready to record. This is because me, this is my fault, I said I need to be a bit later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm there, bang on, 10, ready to record. Matt joins in after about a minute or so. Ali turns up, what time is it? Quarter past Quarter past 10? <laughs> yeah, about 15 yeah. minutes late. About I think 15 minutes yeah. late, yeah. <laughs> having, having a little nap on the sofa. <laughs> oh, you know. So, I've got no excuse. Yeah. <laughs> I'm even no, my kids no. or anything. <laughs> I'm just lazy. <laughs> <laughs> so with us finally, at least. What are we going to talk about? What we've been playing? Yeah, I think it's, it's actually been discounting the two or three specialist episodes. Um, it's been a while since we've actually talked about games that we've been playing. And uh, I'm I'm interested to know what, uh, what's been most recent on your playlist. Uh, well, on oh, my playlist. Uh, I've, I've well, still... either of you. I, I will take an answer from anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still playing The Division 2, so I'm not going to go into any great detail about that because we've, we've talked about that ad nauseum. Uh, yep. And then... Yeah, Dangerous Driving. Oh, yes. I've been playing quite a bit of Dangerous yeah. Driving, which is really, really scratching that, that Burnout 3 takedown itch. So so how, how did you find getting back into it? Because I, I had a peculiar set of feelings when I started it up, but I'm interested to know how, how well, you got on with it. Once I remembered that you don't need to approach it like an actual racing game, you know, like properly breaking into corners and accelerating out, uh, and that you could just basically hold down the boost button as long as you were driving into oncoming traffic. It kind of clicked. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically ABB, always be boosting. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, pretty much the same. I, it's been a while since a pure burnout game. And uh, yeah, I kind of forgot the same. And I think I did the first few races and just went, I'm not sure I'm enjoying this. And then it was the first heat wave event. Yeah, the, where the, you've got essentially like permanent the, boost. Where, where, yeah, where you you have to hold down the boost, otherwise you end up about forty seconds behind. Yeah, yeah. and I t- I went, oh yeah, I remember how to play this now. <laughs> and from that point on, started to started to really enjoy it. I find in the races that the AI is a bit, that the rubber banding is v- annoying. But in the face-off ones, where you'd expect the rubber banding to be really annoying, actually, it works as a normal racer and you can get ahead, which is quite good. So, it's good arcade fun. The the moment that I realised it, it had kind of all come back to me, was, you know when you're playing a racing game and you think, right, I need to I need to work out where the apex of the corner is, I need to work out where I'm going in and, and coming out of this corner to, to keep the maximum speed. It was the point at which I stopped thinking like that, and I started thinking... <laughs> How can I best handle this corner so I can kind of slam somebody into the wall as I'm going? <laughs> or, or use the barrier just to get around it. Yeah, exactly. How how can I best perform a takedown <laughs> as I go around this corner? That was, that was a, when I realised I was really enjoying it again. <laughs> no. I, th- I think we meet, it was the... It's like the first Road Rage event. That's me, really, to be honest. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Ali? Um, again, other than the Division 2... Um, I've one one game I've picked up and the other one that I've, if you like, inherited through the Game Pass. Um, so uh, there was a free play weekend of uh, WWE uh, 2K18, <laughs> but on the Xbox, not not on the Switch. Um, uh, and I, I downloaded this free weekend and it was really good. So I ended up purchasing that. Uh, so I've been <laughs> playing the story mode in that, which is quite nice actually. Okay, <laughs> start- so. So I had to just take, yeah, let's take a couple of minutes on this because um, our last episode that came out was a fighting game uh, yep. podcast, and and one of the things that was explicitly mentioned by our special guest was that they just don't get on with wrestling games at all. So tell tell us a bit about it. Well, how how do the wrestling games nowadays actually work? Um, they they're kind of a hybrid between the various iterations that we've had. So I know when they first came, well, when they very, very first came out, I think they were fairly button bashery, if you like. Um, and then they went quite technical. So you had to press certain almost combinations to pull off moves. Okay. Then they went 
to the button bashing side again. And then it's like a hybrid now. And there's sometimes like little mini games within to get you. So you can do chain wrestling. Right. So where you whip around the back of someone and then you can go down and take a leg and then go around to the front and, you know, put them into a submission and you can do a bit of back and forth in that. And it kind of goes into like a little mini game almost. Right. Uh, and the same for doing a submission. There's like little games in that. Um, but it, the, the controls are fairly simple. You kind of press X for, uh, or, or squares it'd be for uh, a strike. And then you can press and hold and you can do different directions with it to do different moves. And then you can press and hold it to do a stronger attack. And then the same with the grappling as well. Um, but then as you move around the ring and the area, there are different moves that trigger because you're at the turnbuckle or they're hanging off the rope, depending on their position. Yeah. So it sounds more complicated than what it is. It's basically you've got eight moves per button, um, but those moves change depending on the character's position and stuff. Oh, okay. Um, but I, I, I quite like them. I've not played one for a little bit because when THQ kind of went under, uh, 2K brought it off them and they upped it a little bit, but it's never seemed to be until I would say this iteration or maybe the last one. It's not been up there with the rest of the 2K games. Um, I know the uh, basketball one it is held in quite high standard for the people that play that game and the the story mode is meant to be quite good and, and different things. Not played it personally, mm-hmm. um, but but no, this this is really good. It looks really realistic. Um, with a still a little bit of like a cartoony tongue and cheekness to it, uh, but the, the 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 career mode that I'm playing is quite good. You start off as like an indie character, uh, so you're doing all the indie circuits and some really random um, like school gym matches and then you end up going into NXT and then into WWE and stuff so yeah it's, well, it's quite good quite, enjoying quite it a fully fledged career in it as well yeah uh, and there are other, other modes as well so they have like showcase modes where you play uh, matches throughout someone's career Okay, and they are there's certain objectives that you have to meet and then they actually splice in some of the commentary that happened on that match and different things um, so yeah, and there's there's so much to do in it. It's crazy, but yeah, I just thought I'd pick that up and give it a go. <laughs> Why oh, not? Nice. Um, and then the the other one, which recently came on Season Pass, uh, Xbox Season Pass, because there's quite a few games coming out this year, uh, this month even. Uh, but it's Prey. Ah, oh yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, so I I picked up the the demo. Oh God, has this been out a year? Maybe two. Two it's actually two years. Uh, two years in about a week or two, I think. Is it? Um, yeah. So yeah, I picked it up and it was just one of those ones that's always been on my radar. Not sure if it was a bit too horror for me. Um, but then if Andy can play it, I can play it. So <laughs> that's, 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 <laughs> that's a good yardstick. Yeah, well, we're, I think we're bad as each other with those things. So um, I was a bit worried about, you know, the mimics jumping out at you and, and different things like that. Um, but it's, it's really good. So I've, I don't know how much time I've put into it, um, but I've rebooted the, is it the looking glass? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've gone, I've done the looking glass first bit, then I've gone back and rebooted the stuff, and then I've gone back and watched the rest of the message, and then I've got to go and, is it kill some people or find some stuff about some other people or something? Yeah, that's the general premise of your point to point is go and find out some stuff to get through the next bit but yeah yeah um but i'm really enjoying it and i and i think i'm i think i'm barely scratching the surface at the minute i've not got any upgrades as such is it the the microchips that you can in, install and stuff i've done the other bits then you've got like the, the neuromods, the neuromods and, yeah. um, yeah. the alien you get the typhon upgrades as well don't you um, yeah because i think i think when i played through it i avoided the typhon upgrades I I oh, stuck okay. to neuromods yeah, cause, because because there's a trophy for not yes. taking the the uh, the alien upgrades, isn't there? Uh, yes, there is. I thought it was, I thought it was a trophy for not taking either. No, I you can have you can have the neuromods, yeah. But I thought I I thought the anyway I, the reason I didn't is that if you've got alien DNA, your own sentry turrets are not very kind to you. Ah, uh, true. So yeah. I thought from yeah. a, a sensible point of view, maybe I shouldn't get shot at by my own side. <laughs> Um, see, I don't know how far I'm into it. 
maybe uh, like a, a quarter of the way in, maybe? It's, you know what? It's really hard to say because it felt like, not in a bad way, but it felt like it went on forever. I, I think the, that's because there's so much to do. Yeah. Because I feel um, like I've put a lot of time into it, but not got anywhere. And the backtracking nature of the station and everything else and when you open up certain abilities and being able to go and do other things. Yes. It does it does extend it. But it gets harder and harder as you you're going through it. Um there's a few points later on which I I'd really love to hear your thoughts on it, given you you're not a horror game fan. And they're yeah. not necessarily horror elements, but they are just like what uh, Yeah, and th- those the bigger guys that you come across and start firing lightning at you or whatever um yes. until i've started now yeah, yeah, to pick yeah. up some actual weapons and things they were quite hard because when they're firing that you know you've got is your goo gun and your wrench yeah <laughs> it's, it's a bit interesting yeah. um, but to me it feels very deus ex you know it's, with like the mods how you can upgrade different things and the yes. hacking and it's um, it, yeah, because it's like moving the obstacles around when you're strong enough and things like that. Yeah. It's it is it's it's a bit Deus Ex, but it's also a very Bioshock as well. I think. Yeah, and I, I scared it. myself the other day because I was trying to pick something up off the table and pick the table up and slammed it into my own face or something. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff was going around. Oh, what's going on? It's that, it's that point after a couple of hours playing it when you walk into your own kitchen, you don't trust the mugs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. So it's 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 really good, and it's nice that um, I, I keep. I think every so often I, I bang on about the the game pass, but for for the price it is I can't remember how much it is at the minute. You can get three months for a pound if you've never used it. Um, the, but the amount of games that are coming to it, because I think the the rest of this month we've got, and there's not long left. Monster Hunter World or Universe, whatever it is, World uh, yep. coming to the pass. We've had Prey this month, and there's a few other games coming to it. Um, so it's it's it's, very, it's valuable. Asset. It's not doing anything for my backlog because it just keeps adding these games to it. Um, but yeah, it's it's probably one of the better services out there. What about yourself, Matt? What have you been playing? Uh, a couple of a couple of bits. Um, Outward, I played that. The I, I want to say survival RPG, but it's not really an RPG. Or it doesn't feel like one. It doesn't feel like that, the leveling or upgrading that you usually get but it is very much a survival game okay. bit of a crafting game felt felt a little bit conan exiles but mm. without being online um an interesting one it's it's really hard to say whether it was good or bad because right. i think if you you sort of spend five minutes with it and uh, and you kind of go well, this doesn't look look much better than something from two generations ago <laughs> But it was strangely compelling when you got into it and you started doing some of the quests and, and exploring the lands. And you find yourself getting sucked into the world and sort of really enjoying what you're doing. And then it would tend to hit just a wall where you go, I'm just not, I just cannot beat these enemies. And you suddenly realize right. that actually the game's designed to be played in co op and you can't do oh, it on your okay. own. Uh, but it, it's yeah it, it's a weird one it was a weird one because there was quite a lot i liked about it but there were quite a lot that i thought it just was obtuse and the best example of it is the tutorial mission and it's not even a mission it's just standalone tutorial which we i think we talked about a couple of episodes ago wishing that games had that so you could you know go and do it yeah. and figure out how it worked <laughs> you have like a t- tutorial bit that you load up and as you step through the tutorial it teaches you the basics of what it's meant to do and your survival and combat and everything else and it gets to a point where it's i think it's teaching you like antidote potions all you're doing is picking up off a table and for no reason and with no warning it makes you walk over a trap that kills you instantly <laughs> but at nice. least you learned but then you have to reload the entire thing and start again that's quite irritating it is irritating for a standalone tutorial mission it should have just respawned you or done something but it's um or just said oh stop there's a trap yeah you know a bit of warning because it's and it's only like the the fifth or sixth element of the tutorial along it's not like it's done loads of this stuff so i found i found that quite frustrating if i'm honest i thought that's that's really poor design and it's not like a dark souls type game i say that but actually in fairness when you died in the game it didn't kill you it came up with some uh 
nice little excuse on why you weren't dead um, and kind of respawned you near-ish to where you died with all your kit with you. You didn't lose it all. So it wasn't totally unfair. But when you find yourself in that kind of loop of dying every two or three minutes and it's a two or three minute load time as well, it's just it, it hit a point where I thought I'm not really having fun with it. Yeah, it's not fun when it forces you to die almost, or it doesn't. It takes you ages to figure out how to get yeah. around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Contrary, contrasting to that, I've been playing God's Trigger. Which, yeah, okay. um, Twin Stick. It's Twin Stick. Yeah. Uh, from Teclan or Teclan Publishing, um, developed by another team, and. That is one hit, one death. All right, but because it's but because it's instantaneous. As soon as you die, you restart checkpoint in a flash. You just constantly going back at it and at it and at it. You, you so don't you, mind dying in that instance. So you've gone from a survival game where you can't die to a twin stick shooter where you can't help but you can't help but die. Yeah, it's think yeah. Um, think Hotline Miami. And that kind of top-down uh, okay. puzzle game, but you're uh, you play two characters if you're doing it on your own, or you take a character each if you're doing it in co-op. Um, one devil, one angel, um, basically taking on the four horsemen as the something terrible has happened up above or down below, um, and you're trying to figure out what. And it's you know what one of the most stylish top-down twin sticks I think I've ever played. I've really been enjoying it an awful lot. And, and that constant death element actually doesn't frustrate at all. It's just You just end up treating every section like a puzzle. How do I do this? And you have a variety of powers and weapons and abilities to use and just mix them up and see where it goes. I was about to say, does it feel as much of a, a puzzle as Hotline Miami? Because that was, that was exactly it with that. You, you died a lot. But every time you died, you felt like you were one step closer to working out the the sequence of events in that particular room to to get yes. through it. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. it. It feels like a puzzle more than anything else. And I, when this podcast come out, it should be a review up. But it has been really good fun, and I yeah, I do I do recommend it. Actually, if you're looking for um almost a short blast action game, it's really good for it. Levels up to well, depending on how fast you get through them, you're talking five minutes to half an hour. It just depends how good you are at strategizing and using the abilities and, and figuring out the right way through. Cool, that sounds really good. Anything else? Yeah, just one more. Um, I I did a preview of Etherborn. Okay, which is a 3D physics puzzle game. I say physics puzzle game. It's more about environmental physics than anything else. But just imagine living in an Escher painting. <laughs> oh, <no>. Okay. <laughs> and that's it. That's it. Gravity changes depending what surface you're standing on. Um, only certain surfaces allow you to rotate round objects. You know, if it's curved, you can walk round it. If it's a square edge, you'll fall off. And it's just, it's just a brilliantly designed game to absolutely screw with your mind and and lose all direction and knowledge of what's up down left or right really good i think i think i played the first three levels in the preview and it was yeah it's one i want full game of now it sounds like it'd make an amazing vr game (laughs) oh god (laughs) oh i could be quite sickening in in vr because some of the perspective shifts when you step over a surface or, or you, you actually just let go and uh, you, you don't realise it's a sharp edge and you just plumb it off into nothingness. It's like, oh, no, that could be quite worrying. But no, it is, it is really good. Watch out for that one. I think it's out in the summer. And hmm. uh, yeah, it is, from what i played so far, I really enjoy it. I just wanted to keep going back and play more. Interesting. If you want to check out Matt's reviews of Outward and God's Trigger, then you can go to codecmoments.com and look at our reviews. And are you, are you writing anything about Etherborn or yeah there's a preview up thoughts on that and some pictures and I think the best way to explain it is just watch the YouTube trailer because I I have an attempt but it's it just doesn't make sense 
<laughs> watch watch it rather than read it. That's probably the better way to deal yeah. with it. It'll warp your fragile little mind. Yes. All right, good stuff. So we uh, we've come together today to talk a little bit about some gaming news that's uh, kind of all come out in the past couple of days. Not been a quiet week, has it? For did anyone think we were near some kind of show or something with the amount that's actually come out, even though we're genuinely not. Yeah, no, you know, yeah. you're right. I mean, it's only April. It's a bit. It's a bit early for the the pre E three froth, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Was that June? June E3? Yeah, yeah. I've I've got to suggest that we we probably start in order of interest. And I'm going to offend somebody, no matter what way we do it. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So pick, pick. <laughs> you may as well just throw a dart at it and pick it. Someone will still be offended. Uh, I think we should start talking about Forza Street. Yeah, yeah, can do. Because uh, that's that's what Matt's put down on the list. So Matt, you you obviously have a desperate need to talk about Forza Street. I didn't put it first on the list. No, but you know, let's let's build up with some anticipation. <laughs> yeah, oh, start start at the bottom. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I saw this uh, in fairness but briefly on Tuesday morning before I went off to work and thought that given we've we've done some Forza dedicated podcasts, we've got a big Forza fan in Ali, that actually what what is the potential of a Forza mobile game? Because this is what it is. It it is only on Windows at the moment, but it's coming to Android and iOS. And Forza Street, and I know I'm pronouncing Forza incorrectly, and I'm going to continue pronouncing it like this all the way through. I what? say Forza. It's Hold supposed on. to be Forza. Oh, is it? I didn't know that. Yeah, because yes. it's Italian, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we're going to forget <laughs> at some point, so we'll just stick <laughs> with the incorrect pronunciation. I genuinely, I, I apologise. I genuinely didn't know that. You'll be telling me it's, it's not Porsche next. <laughs> it's not. <but>. So, <laughs> as as a mobile game... Go on, Ali. What, what do you, what do you think? It, and actually, given it's a new title, I, I figured you'd done a little bit of research and would know. No, couldn't give a. <laughs> you've not I, I'm, I'm, I'm generally, I generally couldn't <laughs> give a hoot. Um, right. Okay. So it is. It's, as far as I gather, it is a a racing game where you don't actually steer or accelerate. You hit buttons on the screen to perform moves or something like that. It's just just like a quick time event racing game. Pretty much. It's like every other racing mobile game. It looks okay. And if they'd have, if they released it as like a, a something to rival need for speed underground, which any racer worth his salt, like whether it's arcade racing, sim racing, they all go back to those games because they love them. They had amazing soundtrack and they're loads of fun. Right. And you could, you know, do, tune, not tuning, but like build up your car and do different things and stuff. And everyone loved those games, whether it's Underground, Underground 2, blah, blah, blah. It looks a lot like that, but on a mobile. And who cares, really? <laughs> have, have they, have they, I think they've missed the mark. If it was maybe five years ago, then yeah. But... When was the last time you played a racing game on your mobile phone that wasn't uh, Motorsport Manager? Never, if I'm honest. Never. Yeah. You know, yeah, same here, but and it, that's us, isn't it? I, I don't, is there a market for this? Well, I don't think so. Personally, I think... It, well, the people will play it, let's be fair. People will play anything, but I think it's going to be riddled with microtransactions. It, Weird. It struck me as a really odd announcement. This Forza Street promises a long list of cars to collect and upgrade, which does smack of the microtransaction model, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit strange. Like I say, if they'd have done a full-on game that was compatible with mobile devices, but also on the Switch and things, like a, a Forza Need for Speed arcade game that's not quite Horizon and miles away from the Sim stuff, then yeah, they'd be onto something. But, but, but. I, think you're, I think you're right. I think it's got it's too casual, isn't it, for yeah. a series that prides itself on even from what you've said about the Horizon series. It's still a little bit hardcore. It's not. Yeah, yeah, it's it, there it's if not you need absolutely it. Absolutely, just anybody pick up and no. play and excel at it. Um, but this just seems ludicrously casual. It's just it's just gone down the route where there is no skill involved at all. In fact, there's nothing to do with driving in it. No, no. So and when they're odd. 
when the, the annoying thing will come for fans, the fact that they've pumped this out, yet Forza 7 has still got numerous issues with it, although we all still race on it. Um, and I don't know about Horizon yeah, but 4, but... I mean, let's be blunt, this isn't going to be from the same studio, is it? I wouldn't have thought so. Don't know. You know I this, will, this, will be, this will be developed by some other job in studio, when it? it's got to be. Yeah, but why pump the money and the resources into it? Because you're still going to have to outsource it and stuff when you could have done it, you know, added something, some more content to one of your other games or, or whatever. Because you're not getting a, a Forza game at all this year other than this. So this is your Forza for 2019. Well, maybe that's it. Maybe it's brand awareness, you know, to be to be cynical and corporate. Yeah, yeah it could be, could be. It, it's it's weird. I was just trying to find out who's who's developed it, and everything just says get it from Microsoft. There there actually isn't any any mention of who's done it, and it's full advertising wise. It's full of Xbox branding, but it's not on the Xbox. It's developed by a new studio, Electric Square, which is based down the road. Uh, from Eurogamer in sunny Brighton. Ah, okay. Electric Square being being kind of some kind of urban slang for a mobile phone, probably. Oh yeah. So that's uh, yeah. It doesn't look the most appealing. No. It doesn't sound the most appealing. It's a really really odd one, isn't it? It is. Um, and the studio Electric Square. This is literally the only thing they've done. Right, so there you go, Game Pass content for uh, May. <laughs> You're such a Sony fanboy. He is, and I'm going to tear him a new one in a minute <laughs> yeah, when we get to that news. How can, I, how can I be a Sony fanboy? Because I agree that a really bad-looking mobile racing game that is because covered in Xbox branding is not going to appear on the Game Pass at some point. It's because you're slagging the Game Pass, leap. and you know the Game Pass is actually a good offering. I never said it wasn't. It doesn't PS mean you don't put is. some rubbish on it. No, you, you you didn't say it wasn't, but you won't say it is because, you know, you'd melt. <laughs> I'd love to see that. It's like the time I made you pick up an Xbox controller and you came out in hives. <laughs> that said, what are, we, what are we doing next? I'll let you choose. Well, actually, I think we stick with Xbox, seeing as we seem to have gone down that route. Okay. And I'm going to let you do the introduction then. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Yeah. So we've also had the announcement that we are getting a new Xbox console this year. Woohoo! In July, uh, they're going to release the Xbox One S all digital and uh, done away with the drive completely. Yep, it's been rumoured for quite a while that yes. they were going to yeah. do a, a driveless console. Um, to be fair, I don't think it's a bad thing. Nope. Um, because other than the fact that, I mean, I use my... Uh, well, I've got both the S and the X, but they've got 4K player in them. So if you did want to watch a physical media film, then you can't. But most people, and me included, I won't play a game sometimes if it involves me getting up yeah. and putting a disc in or changing <laughs> am, the distance in. I am totally is, guilty of that. I am absolutely, yeah. totally guilty of that. You yeah. cannot say that was most people, though. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, it's uh, two thirds of the yeah. people on this podcast. Yeah, because <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> we're a pure representation of the entire yeah, globe. Of we are. <laughs> so uh, we're, we're, we're gamers and we're lazy. What's your point? Yeah. <laughs> the the only thing is for me, which I still don't. Well, I do understand and I don't, but is the fact that digital games are so expensive. I'd, which I, yeah, is a little then, bit annoying. I think you're. I think you're. This is where Game Pass comes into its own. Yes, this is yeah. this is the new entry level that's going to sell the game pass. I know that core, uh, sorry. Yeah. I know that Cullen had um, spoken about, you know, if, if you, if you included a year's worth of games pass with it, it'd be an absolute shoe in people would buy it just for that. This is, I, I think yeah. this is going to get people subscribing to it and, you know, almost exclusively using that. I, I would be interesting. Yeah. I'd be interested to see what number of games people who buy this console actually buy if they're, they're subscribed to the game pass. Well, this is. I this suspect is the it. attachment rate probably wouldn't be that high. You've you've said sort of broadly, broadly along the lines. Where I was thinking, you know, why are they releasing this? And I think it's a test. It's a test to see whether 
they can actually go down the route of digital only media. I but I disagree it, with it you. It also supports their their desire to get the game pass out there and get people subscribed. I I disagree with you on respect. I think I think you're right in the sense that yeah, it probably is kind of dipping their toes in that market. I don't think it's where they're going imminently. No, not I, next I, generation certainly. But I not, I think this is to get that. It's, I think this is to get consoles under TVs and to basically market it as, you know, with this and Game Pass, you've got everything you need. Yeah, I mean, I I think potentially, depending on what happens with their development of the xCloud, I think, are you guys familiar with what a thin client is from the PC world? So it's ba- so basically, a thin client is a, not quite the power of a PC, but it literally is just like a dumb terminal that only uses like a remote desktop to get to a server. Oh yeah, okay, to do yeah, work. yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. It's like a quarter of the size, if not, smaller um and i wouldn't be surprised if xbox depending on how good the x cloud is and what it can produce is they would just sell a thin client dumb terminal xbox that sits on your tv and it literally just goes straight to this service remote streaming really rather than yes actually on the machine as it yes everything there and then i mean that's that's basically what Apple and Google are planning, you know, with, with Stadia for, for Google. That's essentially what they're going to be offering. And it's know. what you've got with, yeah. it's what you've already got with PlayStation now. Um, a couple of other failed services, which got absorbed, didn't they? Was it yeah, on live and stuff and like on that. On live disappeared. Uh, but yeah, that, that is very likely where we yeah. will be. I don't know which generation it'll be. I don't know if it'll be one after next, one after that. I'm not. I've, I'm not convinced that the this whole digital version is to increase market penetration. I'm. I'm not. We're, we're at the point in the the console cycles now where you're not a million miles away from saturation, and I. I'm not. I don't think it's going to drive that much in the way of incremental sales. I think it's going to sell because I. I think people will like the idea of not having literally the lazy option, not having to swap this in and out. You know, you've yeah. got everything there yeah. that you need. As long as it's got the right size drive on it. Yeah, it's got a it's terabyte a drive on it. it. So it's, it's perfectly um, placed with that. It's you know, And you can put there, obviously, the same as you can do with the, the PlayStation. Now you can put an external hard drive in. So it's got, it's got all the storage it needs and it's expandable. And yeah, it it will it's, sell. I can almost see it being almost, for those that who, who have already gone kind of that di- digital route and not really bother with a lot of physical media, I can see it being a replacement if they have anything fail on their current one. And what's, you know, in theory, what's one of the biggest points of failure in these things anyway? Yeah. Maybe it's to try and sell an Xbox to PS4 owners who are interested, who've heard about Game Pass, who are interested in it, you know? But it's small. It's really small. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. There's, there's, yeah. I think and what takes up the most space in any console will be the disk drive. Um, and I guess the other, the other thing, I suppose the other question uh, which I think Stuart had posed was why um, why not the X model? And no, again, an I think one. I think that would price it out of the market they're looking for. That, and I, and I, I don't know whether they've refined that technology enough because there's a lot of new technology that they've built with the Hovis method, which is their way of cooling it and different things. Uh, I don't know whether they've, they're able to, because it's only, what, two years old now? Maybe, and I think there's the the technology in that's that new that they might struggle to shrink that down for it to pump yeah, yeah, out the, the content. I, that's see, my I, I'll be honest. Theory. I've got I've got the original Xbox One, the the launch model, and it is massive. Yeah, right. It's huge. It's ridiculous. And as much as I like the idea of getting an Xbox One X, the the car I don't I don't play that platform enough to to make the cost worth it. That I'd kind of be tempted with. In a way, because I'd be like, well, I don't own that many disc games. Um, I've got, you know, quite a lot of what I've got are digital anyway. And the Game Pass thing is really intriguing. So even even I'm like, hmm, maybe. But but from a realistic point of view, yes, you're intrigued. And and you mentioned the Game Pass, you're intrigued on that. What's stopping you from getting that on your current machine? Why would you have to go and buy a new machine for it? Well, genuinely, why? Because I I cannot fit my my Xbox under my television with everything else because it is absolutely massive. <laughs> genuinely, it's huge. The the this 
this this all digital looks like it's about a quarter of the size, probably less than that of, of my you know launch Xbox One. And that's yeah, because they and that's the got S an external, itself was smaller, wasn't it? Yeah, and that massive Xbox One that I bought at launch has got a huge external power brick. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. You know, so yeah. people do think silly things like that because I'm thinking it. <laughs> 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 yeah, I guess if you're a, if you were an early adopter to the the X at uh, the X, uh, yeah well, the Xbox, um, then it's a logical step, especially if you don't buy that much physical media, um, and and like yourself, Andy, if some of the games that you've got are probably fairly old now, maybe, so you probably be able to pick them up digitally fairly cheap and maybe break even if you traded them in, maybe. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, especially if you've got them on a sale. And the other thing that they announced, so this is on Inside Xbox that they do, uh, I think it's once every other month or something like that, mm. um, is that the they're doing an ultimate Xbox Live service subscription, is the word I was looking for. Um, so you get the Xbox Live Gold and you get the Game Pass in one subscription. Yes, they did, didn't they? They, they were going to combine yeah. the both of them. But, but you could only buy them, was it a maximum of three months? You can't do a year. I don't know. It's if limited, I'm honest, I, I think missed it's some limited of on time stuff. from what I was reading because right. was, it was that genuine genuine comments from a lot of people saying, well, actually, I, I'd be straight in on this if it was yes. a year subscription. Yeah. I think it's good value and you'll still save some money doing it. It's either monthly or quarterly. You can do it. it might only be monthly that you can do it, but it, I mean, there's still a saving on it because it's like uh, $15 or something, isn't it? Yeah. And they reckon it'd be about 15 quid. So there's still a saving, it, but actually, why are they not saying immediately just tie people in for a year? Yeah, it's like gym membership. You think they'd be, you think they'd be wanting to take the money up front? Yeah. It's, it's almost as if they've got a few other tricks up their sleeve come E3. I th- it might, to That's be honest, it might just simply. Thought, yeah. It might just simply be that they've actually learned enough that people, because uh, you, you can pay for it monthly at the moment, can't you, on your Game Pass? Yeah. Yeah. It might be just people have decided they only get it in the months when there's games that they're interested in. There is and they that, want to yeah. provide that flexibility. Some people will quite rightly pay outright for the year and take whatever comes regardless. And then others might just be interested in specific titles and think, well, I'll do this month, but I'm going to skip next month. Maybe it's Maybe it's just flexibility. This will sound really daft, but I don't know if I've actually paid for the Game Pass yet. <laughs> <laughs> did because, you just turn it on and leave it on or, or renew <laughs> no 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 so they uh, not last EGX the EGX before they were giving out free codes to it yeah and because I was in the queue and I think I met AC Bongos there so I just kind of, he just gave me like there's a few of us that met him uh, he just gave us that, like a handful of codes so I think I had like three or four codes then and then because I'm part of the insider program, I've done a few surveys and things and they've sent me some other codes and <laughs> and they've just and I think I've had them when I've brought certain editions or I think I got one when I got my X as well. So it's I just think. worked out that you you just continually adding new time. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, it's really I think good. I'll value. Be running out yeah, soon, it is. But yeah. So I think I may have paid for a month or so, but I mean even at the price, I'm happy to pay for it. It's just yeah. happens that I've had various codes and, and, and things, but um, it's interesting to see what because isn't Xbox the only console people at E3? Uh, no, Nintendo are there. Oh, they are there. Yeah, yeah. they've got a whole website but, uh, about their E3 presence in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> E3. There you go. Yeah, there you go. So no, answer Ali. No, Xbox are not there on their own this year. No, from <laughs> yeah. a console point of view, yeah. Nintendo are there. But I know we're not doing predictions yet, but I, I have a feeling that Nintendo will turn up at Xboxes or Xbox will turn up at, at Nintendos. Okay, well, don't forget to tune in in June when uh, we do our E3 predictions podcast, which we normally... Yeah. Actually, no, we we normally don't bother editing that one, do we? No. I think, actually, we might have to... <laughs> leave that we one might have September. to live. <laughs> we might have to live broadcast that one, then it doesn't matter if we don't edit it. Oh, that's a, what, what yeah. a good idea. At least one person would have heard it then. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's Xbox and their excitingness. So, it, yeah, interesting Interesting that there's a new hardware announcement and uh, they're, they're, actually, they're actually doing something a little bit different. Um be interesting to see how it does because I think, I think that maybe, maybe you're right, might not shape next generation, uh, but I think it could, Shape next generation and a half. Mm. They could just be 
the wind like the the PSP Go though, and it not come to it. <laughs> yes, it could be. It could be. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to I wait. I wonder and see. if. Do you think they'd end up selling? You know, like they did for the HD DVD. Do you think they'd end up selling like a external <laughs> plug-in <laughs> drive? You know, like in the future, if they just went I, completely driveless. But here's one you can have. I if almost you want think to. I would like to think that they've learnt from Connect and that no, they will not do something like that. But never rule it out. Who buys PC games on disc these days, anyway? Well, exactly. I don't know where you you'd know. go to buy one on disc. I can't remember who it was. Somebody's uh, talking about something we're, we're going to move on to, but somebody had said, oh, well, you know, you're an idiot if you buy a console because you're locked into that particular network, that particular uh, that gateway, I suppose, as it were. But then, you know, PC gamers are kind of <laughs> religiously, religiously defending Steam Store. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. Right, uh, speaking of that, I think that's the next thing. So if we're talking new consoles, then uh, Sony have announced this week the beginning bits of information, because in fairness, there still isn't huge amounts out there, uh, but they have officially confirmed the PS5. They have said it's not coming this year, um, and they've given an indication of some of the features. They also haven't confirmed it's going to be called the PS5. Not very true. Which um, I'm really hoping they mess with Vita owners and call it the PSV. <laughs> <laughs> Myself included in that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to. We'll ask a point. We'll have to see what we do because, yeah, no code names or anything for this one. It's just the next generation of, of PlayStation, and they're very keen to shout that it will be backwards compatible with PS4, that it will have a disc drive, which is quite weird given that their announcement came before the xbox one s all digital it's like they knew somebody was going to say that um and then they yeah. gave out some some graphic specs and speeds and, and other bits and pieces that uh real tech nerds are interested in uh but the rest of us probably not massively bothered until we see what games are coming and what they look like because ultimately that's what we want isn't it we want some nice games that look nice on new shiny hardware. But interesting, they have said it's all going to be SSD drives. And whether this is a genuine commitment or not, I'm not entirely sure. But have they said no loading times? I don't... Um, they can't. They can't. They can't. They just can't. No, I, no, no, I don't no. think they can. I just... I, no. I don't know. It depends That's what context they're meaning on that. But I think the, the ambition is shorter loading times. Uh, but yeah, I can't see it being zero. But anyway, I mean, and- it's you know it's a big it's a big announcement. It's confirming that they are going to bring a next generation, and more than likely next year. Sounds. I mean, you know, if they implement ray tracing well, and I think it might not be something that we see, you know, immediately well implemented in in games. It'd be nice if we did, but you know, what it's like when you get two or three years into the next hardware iteration, and and developers really start learning how to use the, the hardware and everything i think um i think there's i mean there's certain engines now which which are capable of it as long as you've got the hardware uh 4a's engine for metro exodus can do it but you do need some pretty pretty clever and high-end tech to do it and to get the benefit of it but you're right it's it's gonna be down to developers isn't it it's, you can chuck all the tools out there and all the the fancy toys it's just what they can do with it yeah i think ak's very ambitious uh, it seems like they're trying to push some of their own other products, as, TVs, they, as they've always done. And as, there's no surprise. Um, I mean, some people haven't even got a 4K TV yet. Some people haven't even no. um, uh, adopted that technology. Um, there are there are arguments um, and some uh, experiments that have happened to say that I think is it after three meters that you. I struggle to to process 4K, let alone 8K. Right. Well, there's, it, it, uh, depends, Mr. it depends on the size of your screen as well. So yes. it's not it's not quite yeah. as simple. So as that, forgetting yeah. forgetting 4K and 8K, uh, our own Mr. Brown did a lovely technical piece of analysis a fair few years ago on at what distance you stop to even recognise 720 and 1080. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's now 4K comes with a lot of the HDR standards and things like that, which make them. Yeah vibrancy in the picture and the level of detail obviously but you're right there are there are trade-offs yeah. uh, for anything i just i think that that move in itself is incredibly ballsy um because 
I mean, we had the the PlayStation Four and the Xbox. Uh, granted, there there was an S in between that one for for Xbox, but then we got the X and the Pro that have, have really started to push the 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 resolution and things. And like you say, we we need to be, I'd say, another couple of years into it for game for developers. If developers started to say, right, this game is only going to work on the PlayStation Four Pro and the Xbox One X, we're sorry. But yeah. it's going to look absolutely mint on these consoles. It will run smooth as a button, and realism you haven't seen it yet until you've you've played it on these consoles or something like that, and really high spec PC that can do it. But we're nowhere near that. You look at some of the games towards the end of the PlayStation Three and the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, and you're like, wow, they they look amazing. I don't know if it can do we- if it can do ray tracing at high frame rates in four K. That is pretty impressive. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah. is. That is- that's high-end stuff. Yeah. But I just don't know if we're ready for another console yet. I don't know. It's been, what, six years, isn't it? Yeah, it's, 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 hitting the, it's hitting the window for a new uh, a new batch. I think it doesn't feel like it because we've had the interim jumps. Mm. And I think that's that's made it feel like a much shorter cycle. But, they, yeah, we, we are approaching that turning point. And the current generation will remain for another three, three four years afterwards. But you'll see that transition over, uh, or maybe even they may even yeah. stay longer this time. Like I said, both both key manufacturers are talking backwards compatibility, making yeah. that uh, yeah. making that all important. And they one of the big things they've said about um, the next PlayStation console it'll be compatible with the current VR kit, which is good news for me because I've I have wondered if I move to another generation, am I going to lose that and I'm going to have to reinvest because yep. I don't want to do that. But actually, they say nope. That will still work. All your PS4 stuff will still work. Whether the the new stuff will work with the old VR is a you know another point entirely. But um, but they're keen to keep that going and keep the machines and technology in use. It also sounds like they're going to um, include all the cloud gaming stuff, you know, straight in the box and and so have the try. now the now stuff already there and. Yeah, I guess I guess that'll be that'll be more front and centre than it is now. Mm. Yeah, because it is already there, but they don't push it, which is good. Well, it's good to a degree. You don't really want some of the things pushing if, you, the, if you're not interested um, in it. Yeah, I thought the 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 three D sound thing was a bit bizarre. I understand three D sound, but why not just go for Atmos or DTS or? I'm assuming it will still have. DTS and digital. Whether yeah. it has Atmos is a it'll be a question that, that comes over time. Like a... But the 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 3D audio I imagine will work better for um for uh, people playing on headphones and and the like. Yeah, which is which has always been there. But I know you can do it through sound uh, surround sound and things like that. But I don't know. It just seemed a bit of a random thing to put. We've got 3D sound because oh, if, they, if they have you have changing you, technology a little a, bit, then a serious, they've got serious question. Have you used the 3D audio in VR? No, right, it's very, very different. It is actually very directional um, and can be quite impressive when it's implemented properly. Yeah, it's yeah, different on, on to surround yeah. sound. And that's, I think that's probably where they're coming at it from, that that 3D audio will be implemented not just in VR. But that relies on developers developing for it. Or using the requisite plugin software. Yeah, yeah that, that is... That kind of um, that kind of audio recording equipment is becoming more and more standard nowadays. In fact, like Zoom have just um, quite recently, about a year ago, um, produced a little unit about so big. Uh, <laughs> he makes a hand gesture for an audio podcast um, uh-huh. that will do that will do proper three D audio recordings that you can then oh, okay. um, in- interpolate on you know on your, your computer afterwards. So yeah. it, mm. it's becoming the standard way of recording for a lot of media now. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Just seemed a bit, you know, if you're not in the know, because you're an audio geek, well, <laughs> both of you are audio geeks, you, 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 you wouldn't know that. And for me, it just seemed a bit like, well, that's a bit of a random statement because 3D audio has been around for years. Yeah, I suppose it's that, that thing with 7.1, though, it, is it, it splits the, the signal into the different channels the the 7.1 yeah. channels whereas i think the 3d audio is um a closer facsimile to how your actual hearing works so cool. on the whole it's 
positive news. Um, I think I think the real issue is it, it it's just it's just really an interview in a magazine. It's not an official reveal. It's not tons of stuff, and we're not seeing any games. We're not seeing any concrete details. And what we're really interested in is what we're going to be playing on it. And are we going to have to wait till this comes out to see some of the titles that are in development? We've always wondered, is Death Stranding a PS4 game? Is The Last of Us 2 a PS4 game? Are we going to have to wait till next gen for The Ghosts of Tsushima? All of that stuff. And we don't have any of that info. It is just a series of quite yeah. high-ish level tech specs and features without I really getting be... into anything. We've not seen what it looks like. It's it, It's yeah. a bit... It's Oshie. a bit of an unknown still, I think, yeah. and that's why it's it's quite hard to really talk in huge, enthusiastic leaps and bounds about it, because at least with the the One S all digital, you've got pictures of it, and you can see it, and you know, it's going to be here in three months' time. Yeah. Well, the other one is, well, we know it's in development. That's not a surprise. It's going to be better than the current generation. That's not a surprise. What else are you going to tell us? I mean, also, Sony, Sony are kind of starting to show their hand now. So what are Microsoft going to do with that? Nothing. <laughs> they probably won't, because I, I don't know. I have a feeling that there was, this this generation, there was that little schoolyard fight between the two of them when this whole, I'll try not to get angry about this, for the gamers thing kicked but, off. But Ali, they were for the gamers. They're they not weren't for, for the, the media centre enthusiasts. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it's fine for me. Um, I'm going to have a fight in a minute. You're as easy to wind up as Cullen is. So, I will bite. Uh, but Sony seem to have carried this banter on and Xbox just aren't biting anymore. They're just like, oh, whatever. I don't, think they've, I don't think they've carried anything on. They've, done, they've announced what they've said. Uh, Xbox are going to do what they're going to do because they're already well into development. At this stage, both companies are massively in bed with chip manufacturers with specs on how what they're doing. Yeah. Whatever they announce now is not going to really drastically affect the overall power of the console that's coming. It Maybe, might make um, them think about features, but I don't. I even don't think so. They've both got their own strategies. Maybe, you've maybe got to, when you've got Xbox. Faith in your strategy. Yeah, yeah, but maybe when Xbox do it, it might be an actual announcement rather than just a throwaway <laughs> comment about what's coming. <laughs> maybe yeah, it might well be. <laughs> <laughs> Meow, pussycat. It's uh, a, a, a question for you, Matt. Before we move on to the next topic, uh, regardless of obviously what happens and stuff, are you going to be a, a day one adopter, or has this generation put you off a little bit enough for you to maybe wait a few months? Uh, no, no, I'll probably be, I'll probably be day one. I probably will because I want, I'll want the new games. It'll be the new exciting stuff to play. If they're releasing the new console and just telling us, oh, well, you've got all the same games that are on the PS4, then there'll be no point in buying it. But yeah, if there's new, if there's new games that are not going to be cross generational, then yeah, that's going to be what sells me on it. Yeah, if the, if the launch lineup is like a new Killzone game, then I'm I'm not going to be an early adopter on this one. No, it'd be, you, you it'd be Gran Turismo, maybe. But then when you say no, launch title, they, that, that's got a three-year they, window. Yeah, they've, never, <laughs> they've never got a title ready for launch, unless it was a... Pull off, there's no yeah. chance that it'll be Gran Turismo. Unless it's a prologue. <laughs> <laughs> so, is it true you yeah, say yeah, that, Matt? I will be, cause, yeah. because it's that new and different gaming experience that's what we'll be after so you are you are sat there telling me that the next xbox assuming new and different games launch on that that you're not going to be a day one adopter unless in fact are you telling me for the the next playstation you're not going to be a day one adopter that wasn't for this playstation it doesn't mean that you want for the next one no well not i won't get it day one playstation and I'll stick to that. The only reason why I would get the new Xbox is if I had the cash, I would get it day one. But I would wait. And unless Forza's on it day one, I would wait. Yeah. Or a game that I must play. But then I got my fingers burnt with Watch Dogs last time. So <laughs> in more <laughs> ways bit, than one. I've been a bit but, cautious then. <laughs> yeah. Because that looked amazing. I was like, oh, this is going to be amazing. And then, yeah, I, got, I, I pre-order it and then delayed it. 
Yeah. You wait, you wait. Mm-hmm. We'll get we'll get past E3. We'll get towards the back end of the year. What is it? When when does Sony normally do their their big meeting? Oh, so it's like October. France. It's usually about October time in Paris. September, October time, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So we'll get September, October, and then they'll say that GTA Six is going to be an exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> and Ali might not be a day one purchaser, but day two is a distinct possibility. <laughs> no, no, it would be day one. I'd, I'd pre-order it. Yeah. It's it's both live or die by their software. So it doesn't matter, yeah. doesn't matter how good your specs are. If you've not got the games to play, then then people are not coming to you. Simple as. Doesn't matter how bad your specs are. I mean, in comparison, the Switch people are there because of the software in the games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't care about the power of it. It's just not, got not folders on that now. There's an update. Ooh, you can ooh. actually put your games into folders. Nice. <laughs> yeah, they're catching up. Well, that's my evening Lesson. sorted. <laughs> <laughs> he loves a good sort. I do like to organise my games. <laughs> right, speaking of games. <laughs> yeah, we ought to talk about a game that's been an awful lot of time on hardware. I hope whoever's editing this has trimmed that down a little bit. Fat Mad Scoop Crooked Clan. Right, so apologies for the the sudden change in quality. Uh, This is the point in the podcast where Matt ran out of disk space on his audio recorder. Done. Uh, So the last little bit of news is the uh, the new Star Wars game, which had a a little bit of a trailer and uh, a bit of news about it, which is uh, Star Wars uh, The Fallen Order from uh, EA. Um which was released at Star Wars Celebration, which I didn't realise how much of a massive event that is. It's huge, isn't it? It's over five floors or something crazy, and four or five days. Oh, yeah, well, because they they kicked it off with the the Rise of Skywalker trailer, didn't they? No, that was... Was that the second day, I think? That wasn't the first day. was Was it the Friday that came out, and then the Fallen Order was... The Jedi Fallen Order's trailer was Saturday, yeah. wasn't it? And and then loads of news and content. Yeah, I, I, I had no idea it was that big. Yeah, um, no. I was still slightly disappointed it's not actually done on May the fourth. Yeah, which is bizarre. <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> they couldn't get the building. I don't know, but anyway, that yes, massive event. But we did get some details, didn't we, of the new thing from Respawn? Yeah. Go on, go on. Thoughts, thoughts from the totally CG non-gameplay trailer that we've seen. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is that's the thing, isn't it? It looks really interesting, and I think it's the kind of uh, battle Battlefront had the you know that's that's what that was yep. all about, and I think that's what most Star Wars games should live and die on is the story. I think I think a lot of fans, a lot of people, will be quite forgiving of the the presentation if it if it is a really gripping saga. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, and the setup looks great. The idea of of you know a repressed people trying to hide their existence from from the rest of the galaxy, uh, just you know mingling along, getting along with their day to day work in the Empire, trying to hide the fact they're not you know um, chock full of midichlorians looks looks interesting. Yeah, it, it does. Um, the trailer's lovely and cinematic. It's um, it, it's got that. Almost that sort of epic scale to it, even though it's quite, you know, it doesn't show you exactly where it is and, and what's going on, but it's, it just has the right feel. And that's, you know, tip number one, isn't it? It feels like Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of it's not hard to do um, because as long as you've got the right sound effects and it looks okay, then, you know, you're halfway there. Um, I, I hope it's kind of going back to the the old days of like, uh, Jedi Knight and Knights of the Old Republic and and stuff like that. Um, it looks like they're they're hopefully hitting the nail on the head. But like you say, we've not really seen any, or well, we haven't seen any gameplay from it. And it's out on the fifteenth of November. Yeah. So the only thing that made me worry a little bit is there's a section of video where it shows him wall running, and I did just look at <laughs> it and, th- and thought this better not be Titanfall three. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> Titan, three Titan, Titan Fallen Order. um it'll be interesting i guess we'll see more at e3 um and there's no microtransactions there's no multiplayer this is is brilliant examples of 
a, a complete turnaround in philosophy, isn't it? It's single player only. There'll be no tra- microtransactions. We're focusing on the story. You're going to love it. By the way, two years ago, we canned that single player only, no microtransactions, story driven Star Wars game. Yep. Yes, Amy Hennig's had a few things to say over the last few days, hasn't she, about that? I kind of, yeah. I kind of hope this is EA's Ubisoft moment. You know that point at which yeah. Ubisoft went from being potentially the most evil company in the world to, you know, a company that actually puts out decent games, listens to people, tries to actually, you know, make incremental developments and and not just churn out the same thing time after time after time. And you know, okay, yeah. they've they've got they'll find the way of shooing in the games as a service thing and and everything else, but. <laughs> I hope this is EA's point where where somebody has kind of gone. Oh, yeah, we've been a bit dickish, haven't we? I, you know what it is, you know. And I, I hope this isn't just from... a cynical, like you know. I hope this isn't just paying lip service to the fans. I hope this is this is genuinely going to be something something good and mark the start of a series of uh, of games of this type with EA. You know, where they can start to diversify a bit more. I, I think it was the phone call from Disney. Battlefront 2. I think mean, that's probably what's done it. So you, you you are destroying our license. Get it right, or it's coming away. Yeah. And yeah, yeah I think yeah. there's been a huge amount of pressure from that side to do do it justice and do something worthwhile with it. And hopefully, we do know the guys at Respawn have got the have got the skills to produce a good story. They've got a lot of pedigree, and. and They'll give something that's you know got a lot of action in it and great fun to play. Yeah. So let's let's just hope it is right. I think what what a lot of developers are latching onto now is if you want to make money quick and keep a uh, the kids happy, do a free to play battle royale game with microtransactions and they'll lap it up, and then you can just push all your development over there to do proper games. Not saying that they aren't proper games, but they're not. Um, <laughs> and then we can get some decent games to play while other kids are playing other stuff that we don't yeah. care about. That's it. They're in on the FIFA. Yeah. Spend the, spend the FIFA, Apex, and all that rubbish. Yeah. Uh, but then the, the, the quality single-player games still sell. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to make them. Yeah. I think, like you say, though, I think they had to put something like this out I'm, I'm sure that the gameplay will be fine, or I'm hoping the gameplay is going to be fine. I don't, I don't think there's going to be a problem with the gameplay. Think, you no. know, we think of the studio and what they've done. There isn't really an issue. Yeah. I think this was last chance saloon. I think if if they if they did anything to to mess this up, that would be it, and the license would go to whoever. Um, obviously, they keep shooting down the rumours that uh, the LucasArts game studio is back is it not back um, uh, I, yeah that's an interesting one isn't it because there's a yeah. possibility that once the five games are done is that what they've got it. the license for and five I thought, games i thought the license for five games i might be i might be Can't remember. i'm sure we've had a conversation anyway, whatever the deal is when it's done i think it might be back to in-house lucas arts but i i don't know why they don't do the um the games workshop philosophy and just say, look, make what you want. And for every, you know, one in five is good, then tweet. I suppose that's it, though. Disney don't want to dilute the brand, do they? Yeah. Um, they want they want that control over it, don't they? They want, they want saying everything. They've, they've, they've expressed that we're deciding what's can and what's not. They are tightly managing it. They know where the money's coming from at the minute. They've, they've, they've had a few acquisitions which Star Wars was probably the start of that, and then Marvel. And um, and, and bizarrely, I read, uh, this is different sidetracks, this is films, but I read that the uh, Marvel films have made them $18 billion so far. You know, funnily enough, I actually yeah. expected it to be more than that. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, it was on uh, Wikipedia, so it's probably more. Um, and obviously you've still got, uh, Captain Marvel still doing stuff, and that's not including Endgame, which isn't out yet. Yeah, and the, there'll be a, there'll be a boost on all of them when Endgame comes out as well. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, uh, yeah. Thanks for thanks for joining us for our discussion about the uh, the Marvel Extended Universe and <laughs> that in Game of Thrones. It's, you've got to get the buzzwords in. <laughs>
Right, I can officially tag those now when I put this out. Yeah. <laughs> and they have to listen to 19 minutes of gaming chat to get to it. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised we've not had a decent Game of Thrones game, to be fair. I'm surprised there hasn't been. I know you've had a... Um, the Telltale one wasn't bad. Um, yeah. Because it, it died in story-wise. The RPG one bombed because yeah. I think it was a bit too low budget. And I think that's actually that's probably the reason for not a decent game. It's it they put those things into development before the show hits the critical mass that it's at now. I've never seen it. What? No, I've got no interest in watching it either. It's got boobs in it. It's boring. Do you watch that's it, Matt? Just, that's just lost as subscribers as that one, hasn't it? I think I I, I saw the first series before it got shown here because I had a mate who used to get all this stuff oh, illegally. Oh, such, such typical Matt Holt, isn't it? Oh, I read the books first and, and I saw the TV series before anybody else. I'm so much cooler yeah. than you. Not, not before anybody else, but <laughs> before before it was broadcast in the UK. Yeah. I, I liked it before it was cool. Yeah. 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 That's exactly <laughs> it, actually. Well, I've been to Winterfell, so it's okay. It literally, <laughs> literally means nothing to me. <laughs> I quite want to go to that place where they filmed Balamori. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. <laughs> <And goodbye>. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs>